high school is weird because you have these preconceived ideas of what it means to be a good student, which is that idea of knowing everything. That was LHS senior Sebastian Clark. I sat down to talk with him to hear his ideas about the impact different approaches to education have on students. I have been able to skate by elementary school. I've been able to skate by middle school. That has done nothing but disfavor me. We have teachers that they don't care about your grade, that they just want to see you improve. And it's a weird idea, especially because we have these teachers so late in our educational career. And it, it's a shame because it, cause if we had them when we were so much younger, education and people today would probably look a lot differently. We were able to discuss the different types of students he sees within Loveland High School. People who take AP and people who take general classes are two very different breeds of people, and there's two, and there's many different breeds of people within those two sections. Um, people who take um, non-AP classes and general classes, you have either people who are smart, people who are who could do the AP work. They're like, oh, that's harder, but if I just do the gen classes, then I'll come out of high school with a 4.0. Yeah, they're there for the numbers. And then 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 you have the kids in general classes that are actually actively trying, but they're just not getting it. And whether that t- comes down to like a teacher's um, style of teaching or something personal with them, whether it's something at home or just like like issues with school that come from younger years or whatever, it's like you, but but those people are actively trying and those are your range of like C to B students of like they're trying, but they're just not getting it. The school system does not, um, like this is not built for helping those people. And then you have the people that just don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it's like my little sister who's in middle school. I know she's smart. We know she's smart. It's insane, but she just doesn't care about, about school. It's just not, and it's not her interest she's never even thought about college and then there's me i've known i've wanted to go to college since i've been in third grade and then you have the kids in the ap classes the higher level and me i am i don't put in the work i don't know how to put in the work it's weird because like recently i actually started doing some of my like homework for my other classes i found out that like i actually kind of enjoy doing some of the work because i enjoy the classes and it's my senior year and that's why like I took the classes that I did for two reasons. One, I want to get college credit. That's why I'm taking some of the AP classes. And two, I like the teachers. I like their teaching style of the classes I'm taking. And I'm interested in the topics that are being discussed in those classes. And when I found that, like, I actually enjoy doing that homework and actually figuring that stuff out. But I just don't know how to put in the effort. I just can't motivate myself to put that in and then you have other people that are in ap classes that will put every ounce of their effort into like oh i need to get that a i'm going to spend every waking moment of my life i don't care how much sleep i get i don't care how much i eat they don't there's there's a self-destructive nature of like how much effort they're willing to put into the school system but not ha- but not the effort that they're willing to put into themselves. Like they're like they're, there is a self-destructive nature of like, oh, I don't care if I'm up until four a.m. and school starts at eight. I need to get this essay done. I need to get this homework done. 
And yes, partly that's on people procrastinating, but then it also comes down to like, why can't they just let it slide for that one time for the sake of like a good night's rest for the first time in a while? After I talked with Seabass, I realized how intricate knowledge and education really are. These kids spend the majority of their lives, the majority of their days, for the first 18 years of their life in in the walls of these schools. And the question is, like, what's happening? Why are... What, what psychological trauma is being done to these kids? And... I don't know. It's questions that are being asked, but no, but not being answered. Welcome back to the Peak of Existence podcast. My name is Grace Allison, and this is the first episode in a series on aspects of high school that at face value seem important, but upon closer inspection, aren't actually that big of a deal. Today, our episode will focus on the idea that it's okay not to know everything. I am joined here in the Peak Studio with students Connor Runkel and Evan Knudsen to have a discussion about how they learn and what knowledge means to them. So guys, let's just get started with your initial thoughts, and if you could say your name so we know who you are and what you sound like, that would be great. Um, I'm Evan. Um, this is what I sound like. <laughs> I'm Connor, and this is also what I sound like. So what are your initial thoughts on, I guess, learning and how you learn, if you have any ideas? Well, I'm in the IB program at Loveland High School, and for me, a lot of what learning is is exploring what we know and how we know it. That's a big part of the IB program. And um, another huge aspect of it is accepting that it's okay not to know everything, which gets really annoying sometimes. But the teachers expect us not to know everything. And that's a big part of how they teach the class and how we learn. So do you find yourself being more comfortable with walking into a class having no idea what's going on? Like, or... Like you walk into a class and you're not, you know, you already know you don't know what's right. in that class. And yeah. you're like, that's why that's I'm a, here. That's a big part of it. Um, every day walking into a class, like I've taken IB bio for, this is my second year now. And every day I walk in expecting not to know anything, you know, and that's okay. Um, that's a big part of the IB program and how I've learned. And it's taken a while to get comfortable with that. But now it's all good. Yeah, I. That's actually really interesting to me. That's like the that aspect of the I program has always been something that's intrigued me, because I know like me personally, some classes, um, when I don't know something, sometimes it's um, it's, it's kind of discouraging or um, kind of makes me it kind of inhibits that learning. I feel like like in HL. Um, and that's part of the IB, uh, uh, you know, um, IBHL. But um, like, when, like walking in there, and then like him, Mr. Morrison always makes it. Uh, he he makes it. Uh, 
he makes it uh, he makes you feel okay for not knowing something, um, and it it really it really like pushes me to like continually like learn and to um, accept like my brain into like learning. Um, but for like like on the other side of that, um, like maybe for like like I am an AP Psychology, um, it's pretty different. Um, when I don't know something, um, it's a lot of times it's like I I feel like I should know it even though like there would be no way for me to know it right do you feel like when you don't know something like you said in psych you're more willing to just kind of quit and say well I'll just never know that and it's different than you would say for HL yeah I, I would definitely say that yeah it's a lot easier to turn my brain off in psych than it is to do in HL I think a lot of in part for that reason do you get like frustrated with things if you can't immediately master them like do you get frustrated with yourself or do you give yourself the time and space to actually like learn and understand um with the ib program the classes are spread out between two years so what i learned in a two-year time span is what ap kids or gen kids will learn in a one-year time span so i've got a lot more time to dive into the concepts and the ideas of what we're learning the how and the why is a big part of that and um that kind of differs from ap classes that i've taken where we go in we get rapid fire like um knowledge and if we don't know it we don't know it and that's that yeah i think um, for me, uh, with the question you asked, I I think it kind of depends on the like on what the concept is or the classes. Um, sometimes it's uh, it kind of, a lot of it depends on if I'm interested in it. But if I don't know something and I'm not really interested in knowing it, then I'm probably never gonna like learn it ever. But if I'm interested and I don't know it, um, it's much it's I'm much more encouraged and I'm much more open to improving on it and learning it. Um, and it makes me just feel better about learning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Do you have like a system or a way you go about something if you don't know something? Or um, what well, do you do? How do you react, I guess? Well, if I don't know something, um, I guess initially um, I... I might. I a lot of times I turn to other people. When I don't learn something. And I don't know something. Um, a lot of times for me, um, turning to people that I think do know it or I trust um, to help me learn it helps a lot. I that kind of aspect of um, other people helping me and other people giving me their different input because a lot of times um, the way teachers um, explain it um, or describe something doesn't work the way like it doesn't work with the way i think of it it doesn't work with my mind so i explore other the way other people think about it until i find something that really works for me yeah um that's kind of the same for me too we're we have such a small class there's 12 people in the ib program so we see each other every single day for five or six classes a day and so the teachers expect us to collaborate and we don't if we're if we don't know something or if we're having trouble with something we don't ask the teachers really um if it's a big question then sure we'll ask the teachers but if it's something small or something small that we don't know we ask each other we collaborate 
So that's kind of different because what I experience in the AP program is a lot of students are very hesitant and resistant to asking for help. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting how that compares. I don't know. Do you feel some type of way either of you about asking for help? Like, are you resistant to it or? I don't know um, how to phrase it. I guess, yeah, a lot of it, uh, again, depends on, like, for the, me, the teacher. Some teachers, uh, they give off um, the kind of feeling that you can ask them questions, and they you feel safe asking the questions. Other teachers don't really, sometimes don't really feel like they care or, like, they don't want you to ask a question. Um, for me, kind of just depends on the teacher. Um, but I think I'm more prone to ask questions. Um, when I was younger, I didn't, I was really self-conscious and not confident in asking questions and i felt like i was an idiot asking questions but recently i've i've learned that like questions that like that for me that's how i like that improved my learning like so it's like way more than i could with just um without asking questions so asking questions for me makes makes a lot of a lot of it also is um like a way for me to uh ensure that i'm understanding um in the way that I like, I want to be, um, instead of just being by myself in my own head. What changed that um, switched that mindset? I'm not. Maybe I'm not. I'm not really entirely sure. I think. I think it was. I started being more comfortable with the people around me. Was a lot of it, and with the teachers, and started being more confident in myself. Um, just in general, um, because when I was younger, I wasn't very social, and I didn't really feel open to talking um, to others about things I need to like learning things or asking questions. And I was kind of, I was very introverted, but in the last couple of years, um, I think probably freshman year um, sparked a change. Um, I started becoming more extroverted and I started talking to people and being more social and letting other people see what was happening in my mind and letting other people see the real me. That's, that's interesting. And I was kind of the same way. I didn't really open up until last year, um, junior year. So if I had a question for a teacher, I would not ask the question freshman, sophomore year or middle school, elementary school, um, just because I was embarrassed to ask, right? Because it seemed like everyone around me knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. but... Um, so I was really apprehensive because I thought I would look like an idiot, you know, going and asking. Yeah, like a pride thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> but junior year, the switch that happened for me was that we were in such a small class together and the content was getting exceedingly difficult as the year progressed. So we had to start talking to each other. Um, we had to ask those questions. We had to ask the teacher because if we hadn't, we would have all failed. Um, so mine, like getting out of my comfort zone and asking questions was kind of forced. Otherwise, you know, we would have failed IB and that would not have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that, when you mentioned that, that pride, um, aspect, like you mentioned how you didn't, you didn't, uh, you felt like you were going to look like an idiot or like you felt like everyone else knew mm-hmm. it. I, I can definitely relate to that. Like it, a lot of times it seems like I'm the only one to not get it, but then, you know, asking other people and asking them questions, um, like, like shows that like a lot of people don't get it. Let's right. Yeah. Were either of you 
ever, and this is just questions and theories I've been accumulating for a couple <laughs> of years. Were either of you ever like identified as gifted and talented? Yes. Yes. Do you think that played a role in this like sense of pride about asking questions or like saying I should know this? Definitely. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. When I was <laughs> I. Oh, when I was in elementary school and even a lot of middle school, I, I wanted, I wanted everyone to think I was like really smart and I wanted to be like really smart. I wanted to be the smartest person. And it was, it like, it made me, it made me like be like kind of bully or put other people down, um, or try and, um, beat them in things. Like a lot of times, um, like if I, if someone um if i felt like someone was like um was also smart or like if i saw anyone make a mistake i a lot of times would like call it out or make people feel bad about it because it made me feel like i was smarter um which like just like and like that kind of just in the last few years i've realized that and looking back i really regret a lot of the things i did um and it made me feel not good about myself either because um if if one thing happened or if like if one like if some people were called out for doing something well and something and then i wasn't i insulted myself and cut myself down so much that it just it didn't feel good at all yeah um that gifted and talented label i've got a lot of issues with (laughs) like looking back on it um they're gifted and talented is such a trivial thing because you essentially lift these kids, you know, because it's elementary school when this starts. Um, and I mean, kids are so impressionable, you know. So when you put this label on them that they're special, they're academically special, there are so many studies that come out, you know, um, kids who have been labeled as better or special i don't know if it's been directly correlated to gifted and talented yet but um, when you tell a kid they're special when you put them on this pedestal above everyone else they end up failing because they are so worried that they're going to let down the label that has been placed on them um that they essentially drive themselves into insanity and end up failing because of it and i mean i've seen that with myself and i still struggle with it but this idea of perfectionism you know i've got to do everything perfect every time i do it whenever i do it right everything has to be to a t correct and the first time that it what that i saw that i wasn't perfect and i it really still bugs me but um eighth grade in our algebra course i got a c and i was i was just so mad at myself because i was the gt student right i was the gifted and talented i was the you know the one that was supposed to be smart and when i got that c it was like well am i really smart (laughs) you know yeah it's kind of like a little identity crisis as a middle schooler (laughs) um so yeah i definitely think that gifted and talented label um really has affected me and my pride you know yeah for sure yeah I, like i think even now I, ha- I struggle with it um and i didn't even i haven't even i 
took me a long time to realize this, but um, I've noticed that if I don't think I can get be perfect at something or I won't get like a perfect score on something, um, it makes it a lot harder for me to motivate myself to try and actually like try my best um, because it's a lot easier for me just to say, oh, I did bad on this because I didn't try when in actuality, I'm just struggling with the actual content. Yeah. Um, I think that's true for a lot of students that are labeled like that. If you can't be perfect at something, it's not worth it at all. Yeah. Yeah. You got to maintain that gifted and talented label. Or else everything will go terrible and everything will be destroyed. And I think it even cuts down, like, the people, like, who aren't labeled as that because then they – because, like, I remember elementary school, middle school, like, those people are – they do so many things to, like, make it known they're gifted and talented. And there's Yeah, they're set apart Mm -hmm. so often that I think the people who aren't labeled as that start – they don't feel like that they're good enough in a lot of things. And it doesn't make them feel good about themselves or make them – their mind open to learning at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, I guess to change the subject just a little bit, but do you wish, like, looking back at high school, you had gone about the way you learned and did stuff? Do you wish you had done it differently at all? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I, it's, I think the first thing, when it, when it first started happening was sophomore year in speech, um, because speaking in front of people is really difficult for me. And so the same, like I, what I just, like what I kind of kind of talked about earlier, um, with not trying if I don't think I can be perfect at it, um, it's it. Uh, I stopped trying, and that's when I stopped really caring about, um, like like I stopped caring because I felt I, if I felt like I could ex- give myself an excuse if I didn't try, um, and if I failed, then that was my excuse. I just didn't try, and it's I started doing that like in all of my classes, and even now it's I still have that mindset and the like the remnants and it is affecting a lot of and like everything i work in in all of my classes that's a conversation that we had in our theory of knowledge course it's an ib course and if we could go back and try again would we you know would we choose the ap route would we choose the gen route would we choose the ib route or would we choose a combination for me IB is really difficult, but I wouldn't change. You know, I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop out of IB. You know, I would continue on the path. If anything, I would try a little harder in IB than I did in my freshman and sophomore year. Um, but the things that this program has done, especially for like my self-confidence, my self-esteem, my learning abilities, Um, my ability to ask questions, my ability to recognize that not everything I do is going to be perfect. Um, I would never give that up, that experience up. Yeah. If you mentioned, you both mentioned a couple of things you might consider changing, but do you think there's still time within the rest of this school year to change or even for higher education to change your habits? Probably not for me. Um, the I've progressed a lot as a student um, and I think that I'm at a place where I'm very very comfortable with um, that's still pushing myself further so yeah um, I think I def- I, I think there's I think I can prove, prove myself a lot 
Um, when it comes to just high school, I'm not sure how much time I have left um, and how much of a difference it'd make because I, I mean it's like a it's almost the last semester of senior year, and I think the changes I would make um, would might not be as big uh, important or big enough to really make that big of a difference on the rest of my life. But I think in college, um, I think that if I can, I think I I have tons of time to improve my habits because and a lot to improve um i just i think it comes down for me to if i fall into the same trap of not and not improving and being sort of lazy or actually getting motivated and improving myself i think i'm comfortable where i am as a student um i think i've improved a lot on that and I'm never going to stop improving as a student, right? We're always improving, but I don't have anything specifically that I want to improve on. Um, but I mean, I think I've improved on the student a lot, but now I need to take time and improve on myself as an individual, not necessarily as a student, mm-hmm. but I think just taking more time for myself. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, is there anything you would want to say to like incoming high schoolers or even kids younger than that to kind of set them up to be successful um i think i i think um i I, for me i think it depends on the student um i think if it's an if it's a gifted and talented student i think um i think i would like to tell them not to let that label change who they are and tell them who they are and who what kind of student they have to be um i think i think a lot everyone's kind of on their own path and i think people high schoolers need to know that and need to be okay with um other people doing better than them or other people not doing as well as them and just do as well as they can um but don't i don't think they should focus too heavily on the letter at the end of the year or letter on their um, report card um i think that's really important but i think high school is also a a time for big changes in your personality and social life and your social circle and a lot of times family. Um, There are a lot of things happening that that should not be ignored or be put on the back burner for too much, too much. Like don't put it back too much. Um, Obviously arrange your priorities and a big priority is your success in your classes. But I think don't let that run your entire life. There are a lot of things happening and a lot of things will change and you need to be open to that change. Yeah. Um, I think what you said there was awesome and I totally agree with that whole don't let that label define you, you know, Um, because at the end of the day, we change so much in these four years and four years may not seem like a lot of time, but it's crazy how much we've all changed. It's crazy how much we've changed from last year, (laughs) right? Like last year I was in a very different place than I am now, you know? Um, And I think that goes for all of us here. We're all very, very different people from where we were. Um, So I wouldn't, knowing that I have put labels on myself before, now I'm trying to go back and undo those labels um yeah i just don't let that label define you and don't let the um 
labels go to your head. Yeah, I think unless you guys have any final thoughts, that's a great note to end on. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Peak of Existence. We hope you come back for the rest of the series and check out the other series we produce as well. Special thanks goes out to Sebastian Clark, Connor Runkle, and Evan Knudsen for sitting down and sharing their thoughts with us.